This is Jim Bosia from Bruce Off Broadway. And when I am not Brucing Off Broadway, I am listening to Set Lusting. This episode of Set Lusting Bruce is brought to you by Tweet Audio. Do you know a podcast fan? If so, Tweet Audio headphones make the perfect gift. For awesome headphones, go to tweetaudio.com. Use the coupon code Southgate to get 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty. You can also get there through the link on our website, southgatemediagroup.com. Please go and tell them Set Lusting Bruce sent you. Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me is the newest member of the Springsteen podcast family. Um, we have a nice little neighborhood. We've all got little bitty houses. Um, so John Murray is joining me. John, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Um, I think this is great. About when I first started doing Set Lusting Bruce about three, three and a half years ago, I could not find a Springsteen podcast. Yeah. And uh, now then we've gotten, you know, several out there and it is just wonderful. So welcome to the neighborhood. We're excited you're Thank here. You. So Thank you. Yeah. Tell your audience, tell, uh, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I'm, my name is John Murray. I host the Boss Cast. Is the name of my uh, of my podcast about the Boss. And uh, yeah, we we're about how many episodes we got up right now. We're at about nineteen. Uh, we are at nineteen episodes. And yeah, we're just been. I last year I just decided I wanted to do a podcast. I'm a comedian. Uh, I perform at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater here in New York City. And uh, I was like, you know, uh, like I have a a good rapport with people and, and just talking with folks. So I was like, I want to sit down and try a podcast. And I was like, I need a topic that I can go on about. You know, you, everyone's always like, you know, write what you know, talk about what you know. And I was like, there's the one thing I, I like talking the most about is, is music and specifically Bruce Springsteen. So I was like, let's just do that. Let's, you know, um, do a, a podcast where I just talk to other fans. And really for originally it started, I was just going to start with people in the comedy community but then uh, from it, it kind of spread very quickly um, where it was like they started to tell other people and suggest to people. And I started getting people from like a, the journalist side of things and, and all sorts of walks of life and uh, kind of went from there. So we, we did that all last year. We like uh, my producer and I started to bank like a ton of episodes. And so then it was like finally I was like I have to I got involved with another writing project and I was like, oh, I should release these episodes. <laughs> and so uh, I released those and, and it was it was it's been well received. Uh, we got a uh, right up in Rolling Stone, which was. Yeah. Really- how how did that happen? I've been doing a Springsteen podcast for three <laughs> years. Help yeah. a brother out. How did that happen? That is <laughs> awesome. It was it was really cool. It, it, it's it was as surprising for me. I mean, there were some inroads. In the fact that um, we had um, Brittany Spanos on the show, who is a writer for, for Rolling Stone, and uh, she did the cover story on Cardi B and, and, and a lot of other articles. So she already knew that. And then uh, there's another woman uh, for credit 
where a lot of credit goes to is uh, we worked with a woman uh, named Heidi Vanderlee, who, uh, who, is, who is a publicist. And she works for this company called Shark Party Media. And so she, uh, knowing that we had kind of talked to her, reached out to them. Oh, and wow. they were like, oh, they're familiar. And then, another, and then the guy who's, who, who put us, who listed us by the name of, a uh, senior writer by the name of Patrick Doyle, uh, another fantastic person, uh, just, just listed us in there as well. So um, it just kind of, uh, it, it was like very kismet and very in like their pool of, of interest. Sure. Um, you know, and I, I'd also give credit, we, the, uh, the AV Club out of Chicago, uh, that's part of The Onion, uh, they really liked it and gave us like our first good listing. So I, I feel like those were nice. all kind of a composite to, to kind of get it in there and stuff like that. So um, last episode we had Andy Green from Rolling Stone come in. who's a senior writer there. Yeah. And uh, that was a great episode. That guy's been in 93 shows and, and some of it is work and, and some of it is just fandom. And yeah. uh, so it's it kind of went there. So that's, that's what's been good. It's been, you know, um, being in New York, you know, there is like, uh, the entertainment pool is here of, of people. And like I said, it kind of, the, it's, it's a small world and like you start kind of going in and, and, and you can get like journalists and, and other people. So it kind of can, can kind of get moving a little quickly. Yeah. you know, I think that's, and we're going to talk a little bit more about your podcast. Um, but I think one of the nice things is um, you have gotten a, a demographic or a group of, you know, the um, writers and, you know, comedians where you get this and they're still just fans, but, you know, it's still that different perspective I think is a lot of fun to hear. And and I've enjoyed listening to the podcast about that. Um, I always give credit um, the, um, um, Lynette Carolla, um, Adam Carolla's wife, years ago did like seven or eight episodes of a Springsteen podcast. She was talking to different celebrities. And um, I love that. And she quit doing it. And so um, in the spirit of um, lighting a candle instead of cursing the darkness, I said, "Okay, well, I'll do this. Yeah. And uh, so I was going to ask you, how do you how do you find your guests? Uh, you know, it's really word of mouth. You know, originally it started with just like straight up friends because one of the other things that like as much as it was a decision to do a podcast is that this I used to uh, performing at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, which is an improv and sketch theater here in New York. Um, we each year we have something that's called the, the Del Close Marathon. It's like okay. uh, 72 hours of, mar- of improv straight. So wow. they just leave the, the theater open for three days and there's continuous shows. And what kind of comes about is there's something called bit shows, which are like quick 15 minute, like quick shows that have like kind of a like theme and you're in, you're out. And one year I came up with the idea. I was like, I want to do something called Springsteen Prof. And I want to uh, like have it be where like I'll come out by myself, dress like 80 style Bruce with a T-shirt, and the bandana, and then I'll have 30 other people identically dressed come out with me and we'll do like uh, we'll dance and we'll do um whole bunch of like improv related themes off of that and um so that that like was a huge hit like uh once again like i I lucked out like esquire not to like uh run off my press credits (laughs) but esquire wrote an article about us we actually got listed in rolling stone 
that year with that uh, when it covered the marathon. It was like mm -hmm. it, it went over really well. But the great thing about that, and, and to answer your question, Jesse, I, there is a point to this, is that I um, I met the people at the community who really loved Bruce. Right. Like you know, I like it was like, hey, I do improv too. We were connecting on that. But then it was like, oh wait a second, you also love Bruce Springsteen. So those were always. I can always think of my friend Ben Romanko, who was uh, the first guest on, and my friend Connor Ratliff. They're two guys. Every time we'd see each other, we'd talk, you know, comedy, movies, whatever. But we'd always cover some Springsteen stuff. So that started there. Like, how am I going to get my guests? It's like I want to go through the list of all these comedians I've known for years that like are super funny people, but also love Bruce Springsteen. So that is where I pulled like my first that first beginning of that first year. I started to pull my my guess from and then it's it's since then it's just been word of mouth it's been that's awesome people being like here you this was great i had a great time i'm gonna turn you over to this like you know uh it, it's like it's like it's just been great which is also a sign that i feel like the podcast has been working and and people respond to it so that's always good when someone's like you know we had um <clears throat> a writer by the name of uh, mary, mary philip sandy on and she was like, this is great. you got to get my friend Travis Harrison on. And he's going to be, I think, next week's episode. Mm -hmm. And he works with another band I love uh, from Ohio called Guided by Voices. And yeah. I was like, oh, man, get get him on because I want to be able to like talk to him about the boss and also talk about GBD sure. and just be able to do that. Um, so it's been really good on that kind of thing of like just it, building momentum. That's awesome. So, yeah. Well, We'll go back to your podcast, but I always like to start yeah. at the beginning. Talk about growing up, John. What kind of yeah. music did you – was it a very musical family you uh, you started out with? Uh, what kind of music did they listen to? I would say uh, my my parents were uh, – they were my, – my father was big into music. He was a big uh, fan of, uh, of, of, of music. He, he didn't play an instrument, but he was uh, a lot like me, like, you know, huge record collection. Uh, he grew up in Brooklyn, uh, was like going in the cities all the time, like Fillmore East, all that kind of stuff like that, you know? So, um, so I always had like, and I, I own it now that, that record collection was always there, you know? Um, mm -hmm. you know, and then every once in a while, like, you know, the stories coming out of him, like, you know, seeing, uh, the mothers in like a really small room, seeing Zappa up close, that kind of thing, um, would kind of come across. So like there was a musical appreciation. I think once, you know, uh, my, my, I, I feel like once the, definitely up until about like 69, 70, like really into music. And I think then once my dad got married and got a job, like things took a little bit of a backseat on the musical front, but it was still, the radio was always on. And, uh, you know, it was like, like, I, I would say that like, I'm, I'm still very much like this. I don't know how you work. Like I always work with music on in the background. Sure. So I'm always like soaking that in. So that's kind of, what I kind of was, was how I was picking up on stuff. Um, and then, you know, when I got into, uh, high school and stuff like that, like music was like encouraged for me to like get interested in and, yeah. and go out and buy CDs and get albums and stuff. Did, so, um, what kind of taste when you're in high school and college, what did, uh, what kind of, were you a wide range or? I, you know, I, I'm pretty much like, I, this is like not very, I'm pretty much a rock guy. Like, I mean, to, okay. to put it that, that, that front, like, you know, for me, I was thinking about it cause we had kind of talked about, uh, you sent me the list of kind of topics and I was like, you know, high school for me, it was like, you know, Nirvana was huge by like, you know, it was like, never mind came out in what, like 92. So I was like, uh, going into high school around that okay. time so like in utero all that like mm -hmm. were those albums were massive and then um 
I got in into pavement in high school as well. Slanted had already come out, but Crooked Rain came out, which is like a very accessible album for that band. That hit me probably somewhere around like sophomore and junior year. And then here's an interesting one, which your question made me really realize. My senior year, mm-hmm. anthology dropped. The Beatles anthology, remember that? Right. So the, the 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 TV airings and all that. So then I was pretty much from like a lot of the stuff that was kind of like leaning towards more of an indie rock kind of interest. But then I kind of dropped that hard and just became obsessed with the Beatles for about like a year and a half of my life. You know, uh, I. Uh, what I think is interesting, John, is we sometimes forget that there's, there's a reason why something is a classic. Oh, yeah. um, I I remember it's been five or six years ago, but um, I just happened on Netflix. I rented the original The Day the Earth Stood Still, the black right. and oh, white yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. This was before Connor Reeves did the remake. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, oh, yeah. And I watched this, and I'm like – Oh my goodness, this is an amazing movie. I mean, yeah. forget that it's supposed to be a classic. It's just a darn just good movie. And yeah. and I think the same thing, like, oh, I'm supposed to love the Beatles, and oh, yeah, I get it. And then all of a sudden you hear you like, holy crap. There, yeah. There is, I now understand. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It was, you know, we had Revolver and Sgt. Pepper, and I was familiar with those, yeah. but I think that when those, mm-hmm. those, that anthology came out that was so huge in the, the like it opened up the vault and kind of yeah. exposed stuff but then it also made you you know realize like the the first albums like how basic and how amazing and then yeah. kind of opened up a, like oh yeah like there's you know there's a magical mystery tour after that there's a white album it kind of opened yeah. up to the later half of the career which is for a while i think especially in high school as there was always a thing of getting into um one or two albums of a band but i always felt like Growing up, a lot of my friends and I just kind of, you know, did that greatest hits aspect for a little sure. bit. And then I think when you, it took a while to shake that. I felt like in college that kind of held over me. I'm, the bands that I had had albums for, like, you know, like Weezer and, and Pavement and stuff like that, I, I was able to follow their careers along. But yeah. it took me a while to, to start going into the artist's individual albums. And I feel like my later part of college, like Prince and Bowie both kind of opened that up for me where I was like, I'm going to get off of what these guys, these kind of greatest hits and then go into the album. Yeah. You discover so much more. So. Absolutely. Um, so John, how'd you discover Bruce and what about him spoke to you? Um, that's a good question. Uh, oh, Jesse, all good questions coming at me. As if you know what you're doing, as if you've been doing this for three years. Well, uh, you know, it's it's it, it's a conversation, right? Exactly, it, it is exactly. it just, you know, and by the way, side note, I, I'm, yep. you don't have the problem, I'm sure. I talk to mostly just fans. Yeah, yeah. And they are, oh, I'll be too nervous. Oh, no, I don't have anything interesting to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that every Springsteen fan has a story. Well, I mean, and, and, and just just come share it. Whether absolutely. you've seen them a hundred times or you've seen them three times or if right. you've never seen them. Yeah. You know, I just think it's a great story. And so that's what I'm – that's I have. That's one of the biggest things I have to push is to go, no, no, no. Just – you won't be nervous. It'll just right. be. I said the whole purpose of my podcast is you're in line for the pit, and you're overhearing two people chuck. Right. 
that's that's what my podcast is. So yeah, my producer, uh, who's who's become more of a Springsteen fan as we've gone on, he's from New Jersey as well, and he wasn't to begin with sacrilege. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he's he said the one thing he said with our podcast is that he's he's said he's never seen a topic get people personal so quick. Yes. He's like, because a lot of, like you're saying, like every fan has a story, has a, has kind of a personal tie to his music than like a lot of other, than other bands that he's like, uh, my, my producer's name's Leif Knox and Leif is always just like, I can't believe like second question. We're already talking about a guest parents. Yeah. Second question. We're already talking about their brother or aunt and uncle. Like it just gets familial quick. And uh, it's rare with a lot of artists, I think, to get that. And I wonder, I often think about this is, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And so I have a Springsteen podcast. I'm talking yeah. to Springsteen fans. Is there, if I was doing a Prince podcast or, you know, a Merle Haggard, a Merle Haggard podcast, yeah. would the fans be as passionate or as personal? I don't know, but I don't. There is something about Bruce fans. Yeah. There is that, um, you know, and I've been lucky enough. I had a um, lady from Australia talked about her son, Adam. Um, she was in a, she was hit by a car when she was pregnant with him. Oh my God. He had severe disabilities yeah. and he couldn't speak, couldn't talk. And then um, three or four when he was three or four, they were in the car and she was playing a Springsteen and he started nodding his head. And right. so she took him home, started playing. Well, Adam's 12 now. His sight words are Springsteen lyrics. He has wore out the uh, London Calling Blu-ray. I didn't think that right, was right. possible. You know, right, right. And, and we talked to him. I said, Bruce literally gave your son a voice. And she said, yeah. yes. Yeah. And and that's the kind of stories you get when you talk about this, right? Yeah, no, it goes it runs that deep for sure. Yeah. We we yeah. had guests that like yeah, her mother uh one guest to her mother like uh, painted a portrait of him like how that hangs in their house and like that's how she got into him from that kind of aspect. Yeah. You know, there's yeah, it runs I mean there's nothing as glorious as that sort. That is just uplifting. But uh yeah, it, there are those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, so okay, so if you can remember oh, how did you uh, find them? Mine, mine is, uh, is, is, is through my father. Um, my uncle had, was 84. He had Born in the USA on cassette. I love the cover. Uh, and I was a kid. And uh, from there, I was like, I just, uh, I, I was like, Dad, we got to own this. And my dad likes Springsteen. Anyway. He was like, oh, this is great. He's like, let's go do that. We went to the Kmart to buy the cassette and they were sold out. So oh. we ended up buying uh, Greetings on cassette instead and my dad's like you'll like it it's it's still him you're gonna love it and he played it for me and i i was like i think i was like six or seven at the time i hated it because i couldn't it didn't sound anything like born in Yo, the exactly yeah it sounded like a completely different artist so yeah so that was my introduction and then we eventually got born in the usa and i i loved i loved born in the usa i loved it and then um and i'm we, gonna stop you there i think i i say this often some of um our fellow fans who are a little yeah. snobbery, oh, yeah. like, oh, born in the USA. Hey, that was the gateway drug for many Springsteen listeners. It's and huge. if you and if you can pull back the just mega success of it, you know, there are 
there are a lot of great songs on that album. That you know, amazing. It just, yeah. It's like one of the best albums of the eighties, man. Yeah, it's really it is. just so good. And it gets a it gets a tough time because of hindsight, but it just yeah. it was a phenomenon. Yeah. And uh I definitely was at the at, you know, at the right age of coming into music to, to be to be caught swept up in that, you know, and just sure. like, wow. Um uh, that that image of him too at that time was so kind of easy. I mean, this is like if you think about I'm like pushing like seven eight you know it's like yeah that that mtv is like like i'm starting to become aware of that and seeing that that was the perfect time oh yeah uh, so it was just like wow and um and so john i love that sorry to talk over you but talking. i love that you paid tribute to seven or eight year old john on your you yeah. know your logo for the your podcast yeah, exactly. yeah, i mean I, it I is the cover yeah. yeah i just that was that's genius yeah yeah i mean that well that's like i said that's the album like i wouldn't i don't think without that album i, I wouldn't there's other there's a lot of reasons but that definitely that album was i wouldn't be here without that album in a sense yeah. i think that album is is pivotal in 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 how much like and i still put that album on you know it's yeah. I, I think it's I, I really don't have a bad thing i was in england and uh, I was in a record store and some guy kind of started to shit on it because I ended up telling him I was like looking for like Springsteen album, yeah. uh, vinyl or whatever just to see what they had. And, yeah. But I was just like, I was like, it's that thing of like, I'm not going to, I was like, you're just shitting on it because like it's, it's easy to shit on something from the 80s. It's easy to look back. But yeah. like in the, at the time and still now, in my opinion, it still holds up. Yeah. So, and I love, I love all the, the tracks, all the extra songs from that. And then even mm-hmm. some of the other bootlegs that aren't released yet from that era are just fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, when they had a dead man's town a few years ago where they had Americana artist kind of yeah. strip the songs and do them. That was amazing. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, no surrender is a song that a lot of people hold a lot of personal ties to. Right, yeah. um, a lot of people fighting medical issues that will be, you right. know, their theme song: "No Retreat, No Surrender." Yeah. And um, there's just something beautiful about that. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was the entry point. Yeah. And then we moved to New Jersey. So I moved. So I, I was in Staten Island, and I moved I, where I was born. And then I moved to New Jersey. I grew up in Colts Neck, which is actually where. Bruce resides now and actually where he, he wrote parts of uh, Nebraska and born in the USA. And so I, I, I grew up, I grew up there. I grew up in Monmouth County. I grew up in the heart of, of Springsteen country. So I, so I think like the next thing for me that was kind of a lot of like, it could be another eye roll. Like I, I, another big thing is I do remember tunnel of love being released. I remember uh, one step up being on the radio and being really intrigued by that. And then like, of course, like I'm just a kid. And, and then I feel like the thing that was like, I remember Greatest Hits came out. It's the first time I ever heard Atlantic City. And I was like, what's going on? I got to go hear that album. Yeah. Things kind of grew. My folks uh, were really into like a, a lot of like, they love Born to Run. They were into like, you know, Greetings, like I said. They had kind of skipped over The Wild, The Innocent. I found that album on my own, probably about my like near, actually, when you say in high school, I probably found that like near the end of high school. And to me, that kind of really keyed me into the boss as well, where I was like, oh, like my folks didn't know what Rosalita was. I had to play that for them. Yeah. They were like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> so that kind of was was like, oh, this is my album. This is like how I found my way into the boss. So I kind of would like just check in uh, with, with Springsteen a bit. But then 
the one thing that happened is then the 90s happened and that was a transitional time for him and the boss and like i said i kind of was into a harder sound with what was coming out with from seattle and stuff like that so it kind of didn't mesh up so it was a little bit like on pause um right now if you were like let's put on human touch or lucky town i'd be like let's do it because they're great yeah um yeah and then i guess the the biggest thing that really kind of tied in is then my, my dad died on September 11th and, uh, he was in tower two. Okay. And, uh, wow. that was, that was a big thing. It was, that was really hard for my family. And it was December of Oh one. Uh, we get an unexpected phone call and it's someone that said, Hey, look, they, uh, someone put your name in to like the lions club and, uh, you get to could go, you, you're invited to go see, Bruce do uh, one of the Christmas shows down at the Asbury Park Convention Center. Wow. Would you like to go? Um, So we were like, my mom and I were like, yeah. (laughs) So we went down there and uh, it was what that show It was the first show I ever saw. And it was like Bruce uh, Southside was there. Max Weinberg seven. uh, Bruce Hornsby. Mm. Uh, I think everybody in the band was there except Steven. Steven was doing the soprano still. Okay. So, and uh, that sealed the deal. <laughs> it was like, you know, yeah. it was like a lot of like, as you can tell from what I kind of described, there's a lot of like me working my way there it was going to happen on its own sure. just from where I am and my parents. But like when that happened, I was like, I'm done. Like this is where I belong. You know, so. um, I joke a lot that two kinds of people in the world, um, one go to their first Bruce show and go, wow, that was long. And the other say, oh my goodness, I want to sell everything I own and just follow him on tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah um, my first show was the rising tour okay, in yeah. 2002. Yeah. Um, like, gosh, I cannot even begin to think how much that affected you. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it affected me. And I didn't know anyone. I didn't lose anyone. Um, on a sad but ironic note, um, my father died on the 10-year anniversary. Oh, he gotcha. died on September 11th, 2011. Really? Yeah. And so um, every 9-11, not only is it very – all the discussion about the towers and everything, yeah. but it's the anniversary of losing my father. Uh, you know, so it's definitely so I can imagine. Yeah. Some of the songs on the rising must really speak to you. Oh, from song one. Like, that's the thing. Then the rising came out and uh, I was talking to my wife the other day and I was like, that song, that album came out. And once my mom purchased that album, that was in my mom's car. Like, uh, like every day, like I, until my mom has passed away since as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that CD was in my mom's car. Till pretty much, I'm, I'm almost positive till the, di- the day she died. Yeah. Like that never left the car. That was kind of always there. I, I you know, it's not like we listened to it every time we're in there. But yeah, but it was there. If it came up in the rotation, it would be there. You know, it wow. always was there. I mean, just from Lonesome Day on, that's a mm-hmm. first song, and he's already kind yeah. of speaking to it, and he's doing it well. Yeah. Uh, it's really, it's really just a, a, a really a masterfully made album in that sense of of covering loss and then kind of spreading it up into the kind of bigger politics you know Mm -hmm. and then kind of bringing it back to like just a kind of a feel-good kind of record and stuff like that um yeah yeah um i was a casual fan 
um, like everyone else, bought bought in the U.S., born in the USA, and you know bought the live set. Um, right. Did not buy the stuff in the '90s. Just yeah. got busy doing other things. But when I saw him at the telethon right after the towers oh, yeah. and he that. says a prayer for our fallen brothers and sisters yeah. uh, he had me yeah yeah and just and since then then when seeing him live you know it has become passion slash obsession yeah. depending on how you do it yeah so i i put this always i believe the amount of shows you've seen is not a fair barometer yeah. of what kind of fan you are but just right. for the record how many shows 10 okay so yeah good 10 and I, i've always been a person that's not about the quantity of the yeah. show i see him in but in the quality yeah and i mean that in that not in the sense of that yeah. he ever does a bad show i mean that in the yeah. sense of, of venues so yeah i've seen him at the asbury park convention center twice i saw him for the christmas show i mentioned and i saw him um do a rehearsal show the first night of the rehearsal show for uh, what was it for the working on a dream tour? Wow. So that was cool. That was really cool. That was the way I scored that ticket was insane. I, I decided to call into Ticketmaster using my friend's phone from Canada. I was like, I'll pay you the charges. They were visiting. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me use your cell phone. And you know, when you call, usually it's just, uh, you know, you're just waiting. Yeah. First ring, it went through and I got an agent and I was like, I'd like to see Bruce Springsteen. They're like, okay. <laughs> <I was laughs> like, this is insane. I was what, like, what, I'm going to move to Canada. Yeah. Uh, so their health insurance is better, guys. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. What's going on? So that was really not. Their so leader weird. is not afraid of the rain. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, I'm just going there. Oh, that's uh, so, awesome. So, yeah, I saw him in that, that kind of thing. What else has, has been great to see him? I saw him. Uh, I saw him perform at SNL the last time he was at SNL. Oh, uh, nice. I was there at that. I got to see him at there. And then, what's another? Oh, I got to see him record that taping. I was there. Uh, actually, I won this through uh, Backstreet's Magazine, mm -hmm. uh, best best website in the world. Uh, I I saw him be interviewed for Elvis Costello, for Elvis Costello's show, Spectacle. Oh, nice. Yeah. Live at the Apollo. Um, you know, and then it's like, you know, after that, anytime I try to always catch him at, at MSG. Yeah. So, cause, so I saw him do, uh, saw him do the, the river there. I saw him do wrecking ball there. I made it on the floor for the wrecking ball. That was kind of huge too. So yeah. like, uh, and like, you know, and then I even went to Barclays cause I'm right by there. I saw him there. So yeah. I just try to really mix it up and make sure that it's, uh, it's something distinct. Did you, did you get a ticket for Broadway? I did. I did get a ticket for Broadway and it was very moving. Yeah, I was there. It was great. And then, yeah. you know, a lot of people griped about the price and I didn't care. <laughs> I was happy to spend the money. Yeah. I kind of felt the same way. I, um, you know, I, I went to my wife and I said, you know, I, I know we have no business spending this, right, right. Yeah, but yeah. you know, someone has a ticket that they can sell me at face value and, yeah. And she's like, yeah, you got to do it. So, gotta do yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So that's good. You know, um, I was kind of explaining that. If I could just go yeah. for one second. No, please. That, uh, it, it's a way to look at, at that. It, it's like, you know, a lot of people, I, I don't want, I don't, no one needs to defend Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen is, you know, he's made yeah. a, a fine mint off of it. But the perspective on the cost of that, it, it comforts anyone out there who spent the money and still scratches their head about it. The way Broadway shows work, they don't, 
like work in the sense of like they're the experience of like you were able to be part of that run you know when you talk yeah. about when people talk about broadway shows they talk, like they're always revived right yeah but sometimes some revivals are better than others you know yeah. you saw like i was i was saying i think i said this in my andy green episode where i was like i saw nathan lane and and peter gallagher do guys and dolls in the 90s my folks took me to see that show because we live so close to, yeah. to new york they, they love broadway like that's that's huge like both those guys like nathan lane's massive now peter Callagher's massive like yeah seeing those guys live doing those songs doing the dance and stuff like that that's that, something special and mm -hmm. i think that's what how they'll look at springsteen on broadway is that it's something special that that we got to be part of yeah more than like, oh man, I paid so much for this show. You know, yeah. it's more of a collective experience. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it was so personal and so funny and uh, very moving. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely, it was great. Um, so what surprised you about the podcasts? Oh, surprised me. Uh, you know, I just think that like. It, this guy there's more there's like we were a couple like twofold there's more fans than you think there are one you know yeah. that's the one thing where it's like you know you especially when you're starting it you might have felt this where you're like oh man like how am i gonna keep this going yeah. you know it's just like I've, I've talked to like seven people you know yeah. but like i said like they tell a friend or like oh i got this guy for you yeah. Or this this woman for you, and you're like, oh, okay. Like there are like it, it keeps replenishing itself, um, yeah. and it's even if it does die down, it's um, you do like a post on Facebook or something like that. You'll get more people kind of yeah. rising up for it, you know. Yeah, um, and the other thing is, um, at least from my perspective, that they everyone has a unique story. Yeah. You, know, you would think that someone would say, okay, like, really? I, I've, I just recently hit over 300 episodes. And, right. and he, you know, like, really? What else do they have to say? But it's right. everyone's personal. Everyone's yeah. sharing. There are similarities at times, but it's still, it, it's something about his music and, and the experience. It's just great. Right. And, and it, it to kind of tie that back to what you said about, like, not judging fandom, like we've had guests where it's like they they haven't seen him, they haven't seen him. Which for, yeah. for when you become a fan, you're like that's part of it. It's got to be yeah. you, know, you, you have to see him live. But I, I do the same thing that that you kind of do is I really don't I don't judge fandom. Like I, I can't like you know it's like I I can't have everyone who's liked them since '75. Like I'm not going right. to be able to find enough people in that demographic to keep a show going. Yeah, um, I need to find. Uh, newer fans and, and stuff like that. And like they, like you said, they have a story as well. Yeah. One of my favorite stories and, and we're, we, we lost the episode. We're actually, luckily enough, he's going to re-record with us is with a name, a guy named Brendan Fitzgibbons. He's a, he's a comedic comedy writer and stand up. Uh, first time he saw Bruce Springsteen uh, on TV at uh, Obama's inauguration. Wow. Saw him on the TV and stopped himself. And he's like, that's amazing. Uh, four years later, uh, Obama's reelection, he's on the mall seeing the boss play live. Wow. Like that's how, and he's like, he's seen more, he's seen like over a hundred shows. 
Wow. Since then. So think about that. That's how, and so that, but like, you're going to give him a hard time because he's a new fan? Like that, no. that to me, that, that that doesn't work. Yeah, and um, Rob Carmack and J.B. Clark do Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. Yeah. And Rob talked about seeing Bruce Springsteen on the Today Show. Yeah. Promoting magic. Yeah. Is how he went, wow, I'm. this is interesting. You know, right. and then, you know, so there's always these different gateways and areas. And um, one of my very early episodes, I had a, a fan on. I cannot remember the guy's name or else I'd give him credit. Right. But I said that I would be okay a set list, Tunnel of Love, forward. Right. You know, a live show. Yeah, sure. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. And he said, and I would be fine, darkness and back set list of nothing that gets past right, right, darkness. Right. And I said, I would love both shows. Yeah. I mean, you it know? works out. Yeah. For yeah. our favor. Yeah. For yeah sure. I mean, I think that's a better way to be a fan. Yeah. A lot of people right now don't really like, I enjoy having like, I enjoy having all my guests, but I do find a certain pleasure right now with certain guests when they're familiar with the back, the back catalog or like yeah. the, the last six or seven albums. Mm-hmm. Because like that, that's what you don't get to talk a lot about. You no, don't get you to don't. talk about the rising. You don't get to talk about magic. Right. You don't get to talk like Wrecking Ball. As far as I'm concerned, and, and Bruce even says in the book was like like a solid album. Like you know, man, yeah. like 20 years ago, that would have been a charting a big charting album. Um. So it's a mixed marriage. My wife is not a huge Springsteen mm-hmm. fan. Um, but she has started to get on board, but right. Wrecking Ball is her favorite album. I mean, she, That's great. yeah, she, you know, Rocky Ground and just yeah. these so many songs she just loves. Um, yeah, I played the hell out of that album. Yeah, when it me came too. Out. Like I played the hell out of it. Oh yeah. Uh, like, you know, where I was like, it's just solid. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah. I yeah. Just... Even like, you know, uh, like all everything, there's like Devils and Dusts in there, which is great. There's yeah. like so many good things. Mm-hmm. So but... yeah. Um, so, uh, what do you got coming up on the podcast? We got coming up. Uh, well, like I said, we're going to have, we're going to have Brendan back, which is great because he, he is, he's a great guest. Uh, mm-hmm. what else we got coming up? Uh, we got my, actually we're going to have, uh, Heidi, the woman who was our publicist. We're going to have her on nice. to get her to finally talk because she's a huge fan. So we'll, we'll have her on. Mm-hmm. Else we got books. We have a couple more comedians and stuff like that. We got yeah. some more guests coming up. We have a couple of, um, I think, fans of the show. I think a couple of people that have reached out on Twitter. Good. I think we're going to have them on because, um, you know, I, I want to reach out to the to the people that you know, or, like, yeah. or have have things and have been like, hey, I am a fan. I, I have a story and you know, stuff like that. You know, I want to keep it kind of interacting on that front. Oh, one interesting thing, and and hopefully it will work out. I think that is coming up is that. Uh, I did, uh, I did be the boss on East street radio. I saw that. Yeah. I was going to ask you how that worked out. It went well. It went well. It went well. I think we're going to have the woman who programs it. I think we're having, uh, uh, her name is Paul. I think we'll have her on. Oh, so we'll get to very see how, cool. how that kind of works. Ooh, I'd be very interested in that. Yeah. Um, I, before I did the podcast, I was on be the boss and yeah. since then, I've sent an email like, okay, now that I'm doing right. a Springsteen podcast, right, 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 yeah. love to be on again to promote the yeah. podcast. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, you know, another guy, um, Matt Donnelly, who yeah. is does improv, and he now 
he you know Penn Sunday School. He was on my podcast a couple of years ago telling some great stories. But right. with his comedian background, um, he would be a great guest for you. He would be a good guest, Matt Donnelly. He's out in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, I went to high school with him. No way! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not joking. We didn't go to the same high school, but we, we were in the same circle of friends. We know each other. That's so funny. I wouldn't even think about that. I'll have to, I'll have to reach out to him. Oh, I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting for you to go, oh, he's a jerk. You know, no, um, no, he's the best. He's a great guy. He's yeah, great um, he, um, he was nice enough to call me yeah. um, to tell some stories. And so um, – and he's been in Dallas twice, like either for okay. an appearance or he's now doing yeah, magic. Pen, pen and yeah, Teller, right? yeah. And yeah. And so, and he's opening for Piff, the magic dragon. And so okay. he and I got to talk. And, uh, so yeah, that's, I just was thinking right away. Like he, he fits your demographics because of the yeah. improv and the comedian and loving the show. Loving. Yeah, he's a great dude. I, I've known him for years. He, um, when I was in high school, yeah. Used to do short form in Red Bank, New Jersey. Him and another mm -hmm. friend of mine. Yeah. And then I got friendly with all those guys. I didn't. I, I. It took me forever to actually finally start doing improv, and now that's kind of how I make my living. Uh, but I didn't do it until I got to New York. But they were always like, "Oh, you should, him, Matt Donnelly, this other guy uh, named Pat Shepard." They were always like, "You should do it with us." And I was like, oh, "I. I can't get into it. I, I was just nervous about it." But anyway, Matt was great. I knew Matt uh, there, and then we run into each other because he performed at the People's Improv Theater here in mm -hmm. New York, and then I performed at UCB, so we would see each other then. And then I know he got work out in L.A., work yeah. with Penn. And I know he's doing all the the dieting with Penn. I could see all those posts. Yeah, exactly. Um, what? Why did you finally decide to make the jump into improv? Oh man, I went. To what college. were you doing beforehand to earn a living? Oh, uh, what was I doing beforehand? Oh man, I uh, well, I I went to college for acting. I went to okay. I went to Syracuse, and uh, so I got out of college and I got an odd job and I was like, I'm going to be an actor, whatever whatever that is. So that meant like I just kind of waited by the phone and did odd work and then like I I catered for a long stretch. Sure. And then somebody like took me aside and was like my agents kind of took me aside and they were like hey you know like you'd serve yourself better you're really funny you should maybe go take a class at, at ucb yeah and i was like oh yeah i it's the same thing i was like nervous about like uh it being like clicky or something like that that's what i was nervous about in high school even mm -hmm. though i knew people did i still was nervous about that and so i was like all right like you know i was like maybe i'll think about it. and then like i <clears throat> take took like a class or a couple other things. I had a lot of people being like, go check this place out, go check it out. So I finally was like, got tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Felt like maybe I was catering more than I was acting. And I was just like, this, this isn't working. So I, I took my first class in 04 and similar to that Springsteen experience, I like walked into there and I was like, Oh, <laughs> this is where I should be. Oh, nice. This is like, it's very much like home. This is, everything in college like i can use everything there and, and stick it into here it, it it just really in my mind matched up perfectly and so there that's where i've i've, I've pretty much taught uh and performed and, and worked out of uh since 04 to classes and, and I've, I've now i'm on a house team i perform every saturday and uh teach classes there and and do corporate work from there and, and very just cool tour. Uh, yeah yeah very so, cool um yeah. So, um, 
I, I've kept you a while. I'm, we'll start Don't worry, man. I, I'm, down. I'm uh, used to going long. You okay, got great. To with this guy. Um, songs that you've not heard live that you'd love to hear? Oh, yeah. That's a, I was looking at that question. All right. Like, barring, like, okay, like, let's say, like, you know, like, like, I'd, I, like, I'd love, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to break that down two parts. Okay, sure. There's, like, ones where it's, like, one step up, wages of sin. Yeah. Slow, heartbreaking ballads. I'd love to hear a lot. Okay, yeah. don't get me wrong. All right. Um, I pretty much missed my shot in 05. Not going to Devils and Dust. I probably could have seen One Step Up. Yeah. I mean, I know you could also, there's, you could have seen Valentine's Day. Like, you could have seen a lot off that album. So, um, one of my best live experiences yeah. was he was playing in Houston. Yeah. It's the same one where the Flores brothers got up and sang on stage, No Surrender. Okay, but yeah. you, um, someone had a, a sign, One Step Up, never has not been played with a full band since, right. you know, whatever. And they did One Step Up, the band there in Houston. And it was it was amazing. You're just I like... I think I've watched that video. I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. It's yeah. so great. I mean, like, that yeah. song's just yeah, great. So that's... that. But, like, let's be honest. Those are, like everyone's asking him to do something like that right. and he's not going to do it. he's like i don't want everyone to go get beer at once or something right. like that you know so really honestly if you want to know what i want to hear live it's going to it's going to tie back i want to i'd love to hear a full band born in the usa i've never seen it live yeah uh you know i've seen you know the spring on version uh, on broadway version the stripped down yeah. i just want to hear the anthemic loud scream Born in the USA. How funny. And I missed it. I missed it during uh, the Working on a Dream tour when mm -hmm. he was doing album shows. I yeah. I went to the here's the thing I went to. I thought I went to a special show. Mm -hmm. I in 09 at MSG I caught the River show. Yes, because he said he'd never do it again. <laughs> it's too long. I have that bootleg. And he says for a one time only, he lied. <laughs> Yep, yep. I was like, oh man, this is the one to catch. Boy, yeah. was I wrong when I saw him do that album two more times in yeah. 2016. Yeah. Uh, no regrets. But still, I was like, you know, so part of me is like, I, I was, you know, looking at Andy Green's list from our last episode and, and just, mm -hmm. you know, talking, I was like, man, I should have hustled my ass. I should have been following what albums were wearing, get my ass up to Buffalo or something like that to at least see him do. Born in the USA, or or uh, or you know, like or greetings, or, or something, you know. But you I, know, I would say I I missed. I'd want to see that. That is so great because um, it just tells you how each of us can be spoiled in our own way. Um, I was in Louisville for the yeah. in the River Tour, yeah. and um, big fan Alley. It's like, oh, we're getting a tour premiere. We're getting a tour premiere, and it was Born in the USA. And so I got to hear the whole band, oh, and I was man. like, "Well, really? Is that you know special?" That would have made my life, dude. And, and it's like, right? It, I mean, it was great. It was the whole E Street band. It was just growing away. So yeah, that's just that's hilarious. Cool like, I saw, I got to see Bowie twice. Yeah. The second time I saw him, he played, uh, he played Ziggy Stardust, and mm -hmm. I can remember turning to my wife and just being like, "My life is done now." I was like, "That's it. It's like all I needed." Like that's it. If he played, I know it's so simple, but if he played Born no. in the USA, like with the full band, I'd be like, "Cool, it's good. I'm great." Well, I made the joke. Um, I smiled when you talked about going to Kmart. 
1977, I was a senior and I had graduated high school. I went to a Montgomery Ward okay, yeah. and picked up a Beach Boys Endless Summer 8-track that yeah, was yeah, on yeah. sale. And that's how I discovered the Beach Boys. Yeah. And and before I was obsessed with uh, Bruce, I was obsessed with Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. And so a few years ago... Bruce showed up on stage to play yeah. with Brian during the encore. And yeah. I said, if I had been in that audience, I'd be like, doesn't matter about my children getting married. Doesn't <laughs> matter. Maybe this right now you could take yeah. me away. And I, I am seeing Brian and Bruce together. What else yeah. can I want? That was at Count Basie in Red Bank. Right? Yes, was it was. Jersey show. Yeah. yeah, totally. I got to see Brian at Count Basie. The oh. boss didn't show up. I caught him do pet sounds yeah. uh, with Al is great. Oh yeah, I am. I'm equal. I love the Beach Boys. I'm equally. Uh, yeah. I we for a while. I just caught um, this past summer and beginning of August. I caught Mike Love and his band mm-hmm. uh, and and stuff like that. Because I, I don't know. Once again, to talk, go back to Sirius XM. They had that Beach Boys challenge oh. uh, going this year. Awesome. It was awesome. And Dude. people are like, "Are you cheating on Bruce?" I'm like, "Look, E Street Radio is always there. I always don't know there. how long." And it was so. It was perfect for the summer. Dude, they killed it. They killed it. Probably like two weeks with like two weeks left to go in August. In my opinion, they killed it too early. I was literally yeah. listening to that till September. Oh yeah. And they cut it, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And you know, what they were doing? they were doing twofers from albums, yeah. and so they they had just the right amount of of pop hits, and then some of the more obscure stuff, and um, they played everything, man. They oh, played like even the shitty albums that were out of print. They would play yeah. songs from it. It was the best. It was awesome, and so. We, my wife and I had gone to Austin for like a weekend getaway, and so on Sunday we're driving back, and she's like, "Oh, you can pick the music," right. and I surprised her. I didn't pick Geek Street Radio. I picked the Beach Boys, and she was like, "This is so great! It was, it was just a wonderful channel." I, I, yeah. it, it, I agree with you. I wanted it through Labor Day. I'm like, nope. Yeah, I wanted. It, yeah, it, 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 like it, it, it almost kind of seemed like it went with their tour because like the buildup yeah. was like. I know I know East uh, I know a lot of the series XM is like East Coast based, so maybe yeah. it was like with them touring around there. I, once they after they did their their Coney Island show, like it's pretty yeah. much like that album wrapped up shop and left. I was yeah. like, this is crazy. Like I need more of this. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm enjoying. The, I enjoyed it too. I I would love for it to be back next summer. Oh for sure. Oh yeah. for sure. Yeah. Was, uh, what 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 would you say your favorite Boy, Beach Boys album is? So the. The quick answer, of course, is Pet Sounds. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. Besides yeah. tantamount amazing works of art, what yeah. would just be your album you choose? Um, you know, I I know Endless Summer is a collection, yeah. but just that was my just first love. It. That yeah, yeah, eight track, it just I loved it. It holds it too. That's cool. yeah, it did. Yeah. See, How about me, you? Mine is mine is Holland. That's the one. Oh, that is a great album. That's an album where I someone made me a mix CD dating yeah. so but someone made me a mix CD and was like and put um oh what the hell? I can't remember the same the the not the trapper what the heck is the uh Carl's traitor. big song traitor thank yeah. you sir uh D instead of a P and the, the traitor's on there I heard that song I was like what is this? yeah like this song like I've never like this and so then I got the rest of the album and that was yeah. where I suddenly was like oh wait like they could do stuff without Brian like that, yeah. that for me, cause my dad, my dad was just up, uh, was just about Brian. Like yeah. his record collection ends in smiley smile and that's it. Yeah. And then like after that it falls off. 
And for me, it was like a discovery of like, wait a second, like they could do without Brian and then Brian could come back in and stuff like yeah. that. And then that's where I was like, oh, this band's the best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Um, I, I love when Brian finished Smile. You yeah. know, have you ever seen that dockery, documentary about him doing that? I will send you a link to it. Yeah, uh, me, Showtime yeah. did a special where they documented him. Uh, Beautiful Dreamer oh. is the name of it. Okay, all right. Yeah. Doing the reissue box set. Yeah. Finishing that yeah. up? Okay, cool. Yeah, it was amazing. Okay. Um, so I really like Peer Pressure, the, you know, gotcha. the last solo album that Brian did. He had a right, lot yeah. of different people. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you gotten to see Brian live? So, um, I was I saw them several I saw them in um, Lafayette, Louisiana was the first time okay. I'd ever seen them. Right. And uh, this was like 78, 79 oh, nice. right after good timing came you know awesome, like you know we're doing yeah that is amazing you know, the, the beach so boys la Paul, album you're seeing, oh yeah you're everybody. oh let me tell you this as we lose our audience i was in dallas once it was 82 my yeah. wife at the time was my you know girlfriend and we were visiting yeah. her brother and carl wilson's solo tour when he had left the band, you know, where they had that Carl Wilson album. They were playing that on the on the XM station, that Carl Soul yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. Crazy. And he he actually played at the Agora Ballroom. Wow. And, and so we just happened to be there, and Lynn and I went to go see him perform there. Um, but when I lost it, and then every year the Beach Boys came to Dallas, and so I would go every year, and, right. you know, it's the outdoor amphitheater, yeah. and I would get frustrated because, you know, they were just the greatest hit band. I mean, they sounded great, but everything. Yeah. And then when Brian did the first um, Pet Sounds Live tour, yeah, and um, I had a good friend who uh, had a connection, hmm. and I said, hey, Rick, um, Linda doesn't really want to go. Will you go with me? Right. And he said, Oh, I can just get you free tickets. So he got us like second row seats and oh, it was amazing. where Brian played, you know, he performed, they had the Dallas orchestra did wow. all the pet sounds and then he came back and he seemed so happy and so enthusiastic. I just, I had tears in my eyes yeah. just to see him. Yeah. And then, uh, then we, we've seen him a couple other times. I did go within one week. I saw a wrecking ball tour and then we saw the beach boys 50th anniversary tour. That's great. <laughs> that That's was, great. So yeah. Once again, like there's certain tours, like the 50th anniversary tour. I was like, what was I doing? Like, why didn't I get my, like, you know, the thing is, I always look back at the dates of this and it's like, oh, I just had a kid or something well, like that. I will tell you, that's the reason why um, now when, you know, I, I was living in Louisiana in eighty in the 80s. We moved up here to Dallas in 86. He right. wasn't touring much. And then yeah. when he did the reunion tour, yeah. well, you know. Chris was born in 89. So yeah. Chris is three or four. You yeah. know, it's, it, you know, how do you, right. how do you find time, money, the money finding yeah. the time, the effort. And so, yeah. It's interesting you say that in, in a kind of mirror, like there's, like I was young, you're, you're a new family at that point. My yeah. folks, the reunion tour 
was like their way back in wow. in a way because I was getting of an age where they didn't have to be concerned for me. Yeah. And I can remember my parents made <clears throat> one of the shows at the Meadowlands stand mm-hmm. for that. And like that was like, I think that's when my dad started to kind of go and be like, oh, yeah, I got to go back out and get the CDs. I got to kind of uh, mm-hmm. like re-up the, the catalog uh, of his yeah. stuff and, and stuff like that. So it is funny that kind of window that, that everyone can have with them, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. I, you're on the sideline, you're just getting into them, or like you were on the sideline, now you're back in the game. You know, oh, that kind absolutely. of keeps going. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's so great. Yeah. Um, so I didn't put this on the agenda, but um, um, I have a guy named Jay Armstrong, Jason Armstrong, yep. who was on the show. He's been on there several times, but he is a honors English teacher, mm. um, and they do a um, – he has a, um, a class where they take Thunder Road and treat it as a poem. Right. Comparing it to the uh, the road less traveled, and you know frost, and they they go through all the imagery, they go through all the different questions. He talks about that it's a show of, it's a it's a story of you have to give up, and that's scary sometimes. They're giving up. So at the very end of the um, class, he asks his students the question, "Does Mary get in the car?" Oh man. <laughs> so that's your question sir is that's the mary question does yeah. uh mary get in the car i honestly like i never i yeah i think so i think i i always think that has a a positive message to that song even though like he does kind of disparage mary in that song where he's like oh. what <laughs> my wife like, cannot stand thunder road for just that line she's like my, he's calling her ugly yeah my my best friend's sisters has have the same problem with that line in that song <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that like I in a weird way, I know they're they're different characters, but like Thunder Road seems like the same couple from Born to Run. It's just a matter of like him Thunder mm-hmm. Road's about picking her up. Yeah. And Born to Run's like they're on the road together. So yeah, I always think she gets in the car. Okay. I mean like yeah, I, I I mean, I love New Jersey. Don't get me wrong, I'm really happy to be from there. But like I did I I said in an interview where I was like, you know, identify with a lot of his music because it's a lot about like getting out of new jersey like new jersey yeah. is like a place that you it's it is it's like idyllic to grow up in but then you want to go out in the world and you know i mean bruce made the choice and he talks about in his book where he decided to go back like he you know um i i'm not at that crossroads in my life yet to see if i'm going to make that choice but like it's definitely still on the journey of of going down the road that is truly um in the show that is filled with a lot of great lines and funny jokes but the idea you know he shares i've written all my career about escaping and i ended up moving back you know within minutes from where i I grew up yes absolutely um this is great um i may have to have you come back and we just talk beach boys dude man anytime (laughs) and like you said if you got you make it up to new york uh you gotta come on uh come out to brooklyn and come with us man and we can continue the conversation there too so that'd be perfect that sounds great um how can someone find you uh you can find me uh my the twitter for the show is uh the boss cast jm or you can find me at the john murray uh, and we are on uh, Libsyn, and we are on Apple uh, Podcasts, and it's the Bosscast. 
And uh, yeah, John Murray, you can find me on Facebook or you can find me at the Upright Systems Brigade Theater every Saturday at nine. You can talk to me in person. I can guide you that way, whatever you want to. Yeah, um, just as I often mention, you cannot believe how much it helps us if you go to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. It is how we find new listeners. Yeah, I I have enjoyed your episode. Thanks, Valen. It's a two-way street, Jesse. I really do enjoy, uh, you know, it's you've been doing it for so long, and it's just great to hear you uh, with experience talking to your guests and stuff like that and, and doing it. It's fantastic. Well, I appreciate it. Any final thoughts? No, man. I mean, it's just, well, final thoughts, I'll, I'll put it out here. It's just like, it's going to be a huge year, I think, for uh, people like you and I being Springsteen fans. I mean, you know, the 16th, Springsteen on Broadway wraps up the Netflix special. Now they're gonna he's releasing uh, the the live version of that reco- of the recording of that. Um, I'm just curious to see what the new year holds. Uh, hopefully, you know we'll be getting together and 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 talking about a show or, or a tour or something. And yeah, uh, I think it just will be. I mean, I, that's the one thing I think that uh, I miss. I like I said, I, I love Springsteen on Broadway. It's a great experience, but. Having fans on, especially like we were talking newer fans earlier, to be like, hey, what have you seen? Have you seen a show? Yeah. And they're like, no, I can't. I can't afford the Broadway ticket. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe getting someone on who's like, got my first show. Yeah. It, you know, and it blew my mind. I'm looking to get to see some of that magic come in people's, back into people's lives from that. And hopefully next year that might, might be a possibility. Oh, that'll be great. I think that's yeah. wonderful. Well, yeah. continued success. I appreciate it. Keep uh, spreading the good word. Um, if you want to join me and tell your Springsteen story, uh, we're always looking for guests. You can email me at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. I am on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW, or the show is at setlustingbruce. It's we're always looking for guests, and I'm lucky enough I do all mine remotely thanks to the magic of Skype. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking. Fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only set listening Bruce. Set Lessing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.